Yeah, just kind of just kind of settling in here. I've been here for for 35 minutes, but uh, other people were, you know, you know how things work. Just real life gets in the way. Um, uh, young Jared is on assignment this week. He is off on a fact-finding mission for the Richard Case and Radio Network. Uh, young Sean is uh, sitting in for uh, Jared this week, and and periodically I'll ask Jared this, and I just have no choice but to do it live on the air. Can you? Pot that down just a little bit. <laughs> Drastic potting down. That's fine. Because it'll fade out here in just one second. Right here on the Richard Case and Radio Network. 573-43. And confirm this for me. This is the phone number. 573-431-1000. 573-431-1000. I only ask because I've been doing this for about eight weeks here now. And uh, I, I just want to make sure the phones are working. I want to make sure that they haven't been busied or anything like that. If you have a cell phone, that's pretty much a free call from anywhere, I think. Richard Kaysen at Yahoo.com is the email. Find me all over socialist media, including Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I forgot to make a Facebook post, by the way. The stuff you have to do. You just can't do a radio show anymore. I, I got a video going, and I got to make a post about it. And don't forget to... Look at my Instagram video. On and on it goes. Anyway, Instagram at Pictured Kaysen. Do you get that pun there? And uh, YouTube.com slash Richard Kaysen. Go to Facebook Watch if you want to see RCTV. I'm a little behind on that just because I'm pretty much a one-man operation here. And for official Richard Kaysen Radio Network merchandise, that includes T-shirts, mugs, masks, and more, RichardCaseOnline.com. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of masks, I uh, <laughs> this tattered box that I bring my show supplies in every week. It's got about one more week. It's been rained on and everything. But speaking of masks, I had Jared wear this for one show. So if you want to go ahead and look that over and see that it. Uh, whenever I first started coming around here, I noticed that you did have a mask, and I thought you 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 would want something that's more broken in. That's seen more action, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> and join the Dollar Club for just a dollar a month. Go back to the very beginning of the show when I started doing this almost. See, this is May the 9th, so I'm thinking I've been doing this version of this show more or less for about a year now. So, And if you want to go back to the beginning, witness or listen to how it all happened, go to patreon.com slash Richard Kaysen and sign up for the Dollar Club. So I got stuff to... Talk, it's really just three big stories. Um, I'm going to briefly mention Liz Cheney. Uh, all, to be perfectly honest, I haven't been following the Liz Cheney saga just because there's all sorts of other sagas to follow. And I figured, well, she's the ex-vice president's daughter. She gets her hands into things she shouldn't. And, well, it turns out this is like a big deal and it's grown. So I'm going to address that. The Department of Justice wants more funding to fight Domestic terrorism. What does that mean? What do you What do you think that means? We'll address that in uh, just a moment here. Also, uh, oh, yeah, Hunter, he's back in the news. This <laughs> this mental giant that is uh, the vice president's son. Yeah, the vice president. Um, hey, all my stuff loaded into the 
because I had to pull out flash drives and everything. This is how ADD I am. I just comment on this stuff on the air. I see things light up on the screen the way I like, and it, it pleases me. Uh, we're going to address the Asian, the so-called Asian hate thing. I know there's been incidents of it, but as usual, the media is like, oh, we got a hot story here. Let's fan those flames. And the Chauvin juror who was completely objective and neutral and had no opinion on the George Floyd, Derek Chauvin case whatsoever, lie. We'll address that. And so much more right here on the Richard Case and Radio Network. But uh, real quick, if... Uh, Sean, if you just want to pop that mic up real quick, and this is totally unrelated to anything that I was going to address, but um, outside of uh, you know my hobbies, outside of yelling at people on the radio about what I believe about stuff every week, um, I have other interests, genealogy being one of them. And I've always been curious. I've never known a, a Malone before. So just uh, real quick, I'm, I'm, the question is, is Malone Italian or no. is it Irish? <laughs> Irish. Okay. My heritage is Irish, 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 tiny bit of British and more Irish on top of that. <laughs> just just a, a wee bit of British and a whole lot of Irish. <laughs> Basically, the only bit of British came from the Mayflower. Uh, you mentioned genealogy. My uncle did one of those Ancestry.com deals a number of years ago and learned some cool facts about my family. You can trace it all the way back to the Mayflower. Um Stephen Hopkins is my ancestor that came over on the Mayflower all those years and years and years and years ago. Stephen Hopkins? Uh, No. No. Oh, Stephen Hawking, that was. Yes, Hawking, no. (laughs) Different guy. I always try to remember it's Stephen Hopkins, not John Hopkins. So, But no, Stephen Hopkins is his name. He actually has a book, Here Shall I Die Ashore. So my optimism did not come from that part (laughs) of the family. But no, that's a tiny bit of British. The rest is just Irish. I I always wonder that because like on Cheers, Sam Malone is like, Oh, okay. Well, it, it's like if uh, I've known a couple of uh, Maloney's, mm-hmm. so and but they've spelled it Malone, mm-hmm. but they say Maloney. So it's like I never knew for sure. So I I wanted to get it straight from someone who who had the name and. You're not the the first person to think it's Italian. The one I got the most of that from was where I went to college. There was this little Italian deli, you know, block off campus. No. Uh, But basically it was run by, you know, an Italian family off the ship. And every time I was there paying my card, oh, Malone, a good Italian name. So it worked Nope, I'm Irish. Yeah, but for four years I tried to explain to them, no, I'm Irish. I'm not Italian at all. And they just would not remember. Oh, Sean's a paisan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I was just curious about that. Um. Again, that just is one more of the uh, wacky directions my mind goes. And then suddenly, we take a detour this way because, um, you know, we've been doing this together for a couple of months now. And and I think we've gotten to know each other a little bit. And, um, you know, I calls it like I sees it in the cleanest, most arable way that I can. But uh, feelings are not really a, a concern of mine so um you remember uh just to to back this up or to give this some context uh, i guess it's been about eight ten years ago um scott walker he was the uh governor of wisconsin and he survived i think two recount votes because he was popular across the state but there was this intense leftist element that did not want him and he survives these two recount votes, and and they did this tactic that I I think this is the first time I remember seeing it. They just showed up at his house. 
He just showed up where he, not the governor's mansion, his regular normal house in the suburbs, wherever that is, and they just showed up, and they were yelling terrible things, and uh, there, that used to be a line that that didn't cross, uh, didn't get crossed. You you didn't uh, find the address of public people and show up at their house and start. You know, you you save that for a protest. You save that for court. You know, it, it, even if you want to crash Congress and and raise a bunch of hell, you know, that's one thing. But to show up at their home, um, that's another thing entirely. And they started that. They being the left. They are pioneers in the give them this. They're pioneers in, in a lot of areas. They break ground in areas that most of us wouldn't wouldn't think about doing it. But they pioneered that. And I I used to share this information on the when this was just a podcast all the time. I've been sitting on it for a while for a rainy day. I figured this is good of a time. You know, just in case, you know, um, you, you want to make a pilgrimage at some point. You want to say hi to Biden and say, thanks for ruining the country, jerk, and drive off. Um, and this also, this also speaks to, honestly, how dumb the man truly is, and I'll tell you why in a second. 1209 Barley Mill Road. Wilmington, Delaware, or 32 Farview Road, and I've probably been mispronouncing this for months, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Do you know what those addresses are? The first one is Joe Biden's actual home address. The second one is the address to his summer home. Now, why is he dumb? Because he didn't think he didn't count on running for president. He thought he was done. He thought he was private citizen Joe. So he did not think for one second to not have his homes listed on Zillow, which is precisely where I found this. No spies, no contacts, no sources. I Googled it. And the dummies' addresses are on there. And there's about 25,000 people who voted for him. <laughs> Those are the legitimate ones. Um, I try not to listen to, just like I try not to watch other comedians so I'm not influenced by their material or their work, I try not to listen to other radio hosts, frankly, just because I don't want to self-consciously or, or subconsciously absorb an idea or, or something they said and then pass it off. I, 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 I like to be fresh, but I was leaving the uh, station last week and I was getting out on the highway and I'm flipping up and down the dial. And I like to uh, try to find stations that are out of, out of range, you know, the big uh, 50,000 waters that you can pick up. And I, and I, and I heard this one guy, he, he literally says that, I don't believe in contesting election results. And that floored me, which wasn't safe because I was driving when I heard him say that. But I'm going down 67 and I hear this host. I don't believe in in contesting voting results. And I'm thinking, why are you on the air? That's what this whole thing is about, is contesting the... I mean, do I have to set this up like, a board game with all the pieces in front of you again. November 3rd, 2020 was hinky. 
it started getting really weird really early in the night. States being called that weren't they they weren't even close to finishing counting yet. Papering up the windows so we can't see what's going on. Um one account of a woman in Nevada who showed up to vote and she got showed a document that she supposedly signed saying, sorry, ma'am, you voted. And, 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 of course, votes from beyond the grave. Time after. If there is one instance of that, the whole thing's tainted. If, if there's even one quantifiable, verifiable instance of it, whole election's tainted, do it over. Pick a time, pick a place. If it means having to go to Butte, Montana to vote, I'll do it. Instead, we got stuck with this sham of an outcome that more and more people are just kind of sort of settling into, and they're getting used to saying President Biden. I, In fact, I was talking to Sean off the air a few minutes ago, and I referred to the vice president's something or other vice president being Biden because as far as I'm concerned that's the last elected office he held and that is dubious at best the way that Obama and the Democrats weaponized the IRS to go after conservative groups or any group that had the word patriot attached to them oh don't give them tax-exempt status the way we have that would be evening the playing field. Is the Richard Case and Yeah, there I am. That's what uh, <laughs> I did that entire first segment on uh, headphones that we were fiddling around with oh no computer Uh uh-uh what does this mean fix it what what's what's going on oh is it a touch screen okay well as the as the music's fading out here uh sean is uh because he knows this system better than i thought that was the blue screen of death for a minute the blue screen of death remember that on a regular basis yeah we we work in radio things go wrong things crash (laughs) but 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 now you don't see it anymore I wish. It still happens every once in really? a while with these computers. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. I, you worked I, in radio. Murphy's Law. <laughs> I never worked with Murphy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, the blue screen of death, it just occurred to me. It's like, wow, I haven't personally seen. Of course, I, I probably will with all the uh, 20 or 30 tabs I have open here on my... Uh, this, this must have been what uh, my girlfriend felt like when she got her hearing aids a few months ago. She, and it was a whole new world. And she was hearing paper bags crinkling and all this sort of thing. Yeah, I can hear it. That's great. All right. Uh, before I get into the Liz Cheney thing I had meant to uh, play, um, recently on Greg Kelly Reports, which is a show on the Newsmax channel, John Voight, the actor, one of the few outspoken conservatives in Hollywood, he was the guest on there. And Greg Kelly asked Voight if Hollywood is more leftist than it used to be. More and more, it seems like they're working in a box. It's a box designed by, I'm not exactly sure who's putting it together, but it says that you have to speak in a certain way and you have to act a certain way. And I'm not talking about the craft of acting and you have to support certain candidates. And I know Hollywood's always kind of been a little bit to the left, but it seems off the charts right now. Um, Is that the case? Yes, 
<laughs> yes, let's face it. The, uh, the, uh, the, the Democrat Party, which is uh, obviously in, in uh, sway now, uh, has been overtaken by the left. And, uh, it's, and, and it's very anti-American, actually. Um, so it's a tough time right now. We're in a, in a battle for the country. And I've got a few more of those. We'll be checking in with those clips periodically throughout the show. But so Liz Cheney, this is again, this is one of those stories that you hear about it and there's just so much going on. And like I said last week, I only look at the news a couple of days out of the week because it'll just drive me insane if I look at it all the time. And uh, well, Liz Cheney, she is a uh, congresswoman from Wyoming. Reportedly, this is according to the Washington Post, orchestrated unprecedented Republican sabotage against former President Trump on January 3rd. The New Yorker published an essay last Thursday, and, we, and I got through about four lines of it and just, ugh, it was, you could just, ugh, it was icky. But it was written by Eric Edelman, a quote-unquote friend of Cheney's and a former national security advisor to former Vice President Dick Cheney. And I like how they say Liz Cheney's father. We know. We know. That's why she's there. So, according to that, Liz Cheney is the one who generated the hit piece on Trump in the Washington Post, written, remember this, written by 10 living former defense secretaries including her father. Edelman revealed that Cheney herself secretly orchestrated an unprecedented op-ed in the Washington Post by all 10 living former defense secretaries, including her father, warning against Trump's efforts to politicize the military. The congresswoman not only recruited her father, but remember uh, Mad Dog Mattis, James Mattis? He was Trump's original defense secretary. They got to him at some point and turned him. And when it was all said and done, she recruited him for this piece. Edelman's quoted as explaining she was the one who generated it because she was so worried about what Trump might do. It speaks to the degree that she was concerned about the threat to our democracy that Trump presented. Keep in mind, that's how the how the uh, New Yorker is putting it. But the story gets more interesting. Check this out. Cheney also wrote a memo with her husband. And and I thought she was the the lesbian Cheney sister, but I guess it's her sister that is. I I cuz it said her husband and I'm like, "No, wait a minute. Someone transition or something, but I I got my sisters mixed up." But the story gets more interesting. Cheney also wrote a memo with her husband and circulated it January 3rd to the entire House Republican Conference and that memo apparently stated that Trump's claims of election irregularities, you know, the papering up the windows and the denying people their right to vote by showing them a document that they saw, all that stuff, not enforcing court orders, allowing uh, uh, poll watchers to vote, that type of, those sorts of irregularities set an exceptionally dangerous precedent. It's important to note that Cheney's sabotage of Trump occurred even before January 6th and far ahead of her vote to impeach Trump on his way out of office.
Can a show this good be coming to you live and locally? Yes, it is. 573-431-1000 is the telephone number. 573-431-1000. I would be more than happy to take your call about the things I've addressed thusly or thisly thus far and over the past few weeks since uh, March the 7th we've been doing this show so you got a question you got a comment you know honestly if you're not a jerk I'm not going to be a jerk back we, we can disagree and we don't have to bite each other's heads off I may make fun of you I may tease you I may ridicule you but I'm not going to hate you for it 573-431-1000. You don't get to say that in sports. <laughs> so I got another uh, John Voigt uh, clip for you here. This is also from the Greg Kelly Reports program on, on the Newsmax over there. Greg Kelly, he asked him why Hollywood is going more to the left. Where is this coming from? Do they all I probably could have cut Greg Kelly out of a lot Trump? of this and just that it? gotten right to I mean, to if you want to be an actor, John what do you Boyd? care you about who's in the White House? I mean, you know, to a, to a certain point, where is this coming I was from, a lot this more impetus, succinct. this push to go so far to the left? Well, I'm going to go back a little bit. I grew up in the 60s, you know. I mean, I mean, I started my career in the late 60s, and, and uh, that was a very destructive time for our country, and, and it started out with the, the, the trauma of us losing our our very popular uh, president, John Kennedy. And then it seemed like uh, many elements came forth to, to, uh, to dis disrupt off of that, that trauma. And uh, one of them of, certainly was the KGB, but th there, was a, uh, there was just a big influx of uh, negativity. And it, it is marked, there's a book, um, David Horowitz is a wonderful, Fella and a and a great uh, historian and was active during that period and he made a big transition. He was raised as a communist and then by his parents and and then he uh, he he was the editor of Ramparts magazine and then he had a, a really uh, an eye opening, very traumatic event of his own and he he turned at that time. But he knew all the players. And I would say that anybody who's really interested, and people say, I'm interested in the truth and all of that. If you're really interested in the truth, pick up uh, his book, uh, Radical Son. Yeah, David Horowitz, he, I first heard of him on, I think it was Hannity, like 10 or 15 years ago. David Horowitz, hardcore commie once upon a time. And then, like John Voigt said, something happened and he, he rethought his commieism. And now he's he's one of us. So fake attorney general Merrick Garland, he's the guy who Obama was going to name to the Supreme Court and the Republicans stopped it. And oh, that made him mad ever since. He's going to get back. He's going to get back. Well, this is what he's doing. He asked Congress Tuesday for more than thirty five billion dollars in funding for the Justice Department, Justice Department, uh, things such as this. My approach reflects the Justice Department's mission, and the Department's mission is reflected in our $35.2 billion FY2020, FY2022 budget request. I'll share a few highlights with you now. 
First, our budget supports my commitment to protecting our national security, including addressing both international and domestic terrorism. Domestic terrorism. What's he talking about when he says domestic terrorism? Is he talking about the sleeper cell that may be operating in some major city or some anywhere in the United States of a radical religious mindset? No. He's talking about us, Trump supporters, because we're conservatives, because we're crazy. Because we do things like storming the Capitol, except it was a stunt. And real conservatives, based on everything that I've seen and watched, and based on some of the, you know, they, they organize on social media, and I if I had the time to go into it, I would bust that open for you another time, though. But that's what he's referring to, to domestic terrorism. Um the thing that happened at the Capitol a few months ago, that was BLM Antifa all the way. Who he's calling domestic terrorists, that would be us. And why is he going to need more money? Well, well, let's see. Has he gotten to that part While yet? Respecting let's, civil liberties. let's let him talk here first. It includes increases of $45 million for the FBI domestic terrorism investigations and $40 million for the U.S. attorneys to manage increasing domestic uh, terrorism caseloads. Now, why are they going to need more money to prosecute cases of domestic terrorism? Very simple, because they are going to manufacture more cases of domestic terrorism. Everything is going to be domestic terrorism. Walking down the street wearing that Trump hat, hey, terrorist, come here. It's coming to that. I know it sounds crazy. I know it sounds like hyperbole. Folks... We see it. It's here. It's only going to be a matter of time before you are labeled by the government, at least this one, as a domestic terrorist. Unless you're BLM Antifa, unless you're a Democrat, then that's fine. In reality, it's BLM Antifa, and I won't say the Democrats, but a sizable segment of that party who's hijacked it, they are, you know, when they're talking about uh, we need more direct action in the streets, that's code language for we need to set more stuff on fire. We need more bricks. Anybody know a good brick guy? We're running out of bricks to throw. We'll take a break and I'll get this thing punched up and we'll get back on track. And uh, you'll you'll hear what I'm talking about. That also, well, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet because I'm saving that for the next hour. But. Uh, the the civil rights thing and the cops getting busted and indicted for civil rights stuff. It's all getting blown out of proportion, all out of control. I'll explain it in a minute. And this thing's got a mind of its own this week. It's not doing what I want, <laughs> by and large. Of course, uh, some of that could be blamed on what they call operator error. But uh, so the attorney general was talking civil rights funding and I was referencing George Floyd a minute ago. I'm not going to if it means crashing the show and, and stopping everything, I'll, I'll save it. But you, you've heard it before. Hey, this is a good opportunity to plug the dollar club. If you want to hear what I was trying to play and if you want to hear what I'm talking about, just join the dollar club at patreon.com 
slash Richard Kaysen for just a dollar a month. That's all it costs. But that's what he's talking about, civil rights funding. Um, and then he goes on to say, this is classic. Listen to, to more of this guy. Listen. From protecting voting rights to prosecuting hate crimes like those experienced by our Asian American and Pacific <laughs> You're going to protect Islander. voting rights? How are you going to do that, sir? Are you and the Democrats going to go back in time to a few months ago and talk yourselves out of stealing the election? You going to do that? Or are you going to step down in a few months when all of the returns and results from these audits of all these states come back and reveal that the Democrats counted so many ineligible votes that it should be an offense of the highest order? Huh? Prosecuting hate crimes? Again, this is not the most popular opinion, but it just needs to be said. And this is something that conservatives, a lot of them, they've just gone along with it over the years and they've they've accepted it. But just like hate speech, folks, I'm here to tell you there's no such thing as a hate crime. There's not. There's just crime. It doesn't matter if, if, say, someone is beating up somebody. Okay, that's assault. You know, we don't know the circumstances behind the fight. Let's just say one guy's picking on another guy. He assaults him. Okay, that's a crime. Now, it's a hate crime if, as assaulting the guy, he's calling him slurs of an ethnic or homophobic variety. And the reason they do that, it isn't, and this is the insidiousness of it, it's about legislating speech. I'm not saying certain words aren't inappropriate and shouldn't be said and they're not hurtful and and shouldn't be used for the most part, but what I'm saying is you cannot legislate words out of existence. You can't PC them away. You can't magic them. You can't BLM them away. You can't woke them away, folks. They exist. We had that N-word discussion last week. It exists. Terrible offensive word. Probably the probably the meanest word in our entire language. But it exists. And I'm I'm just not the banning words guy. Cuz cuz then this, this is the slippery slope of banning words. Okay, where do we stop? Because briefly we addressed the, the big seven that George Carlin, back in the seven, you can't say on, on TV and radio, and those are blank and so on. They also, you know, blank. You those are the words that you cannot say. Um, That's it. That's really the only... Speech and and that's all about you. You just don't want to to uh, offend people for the sake of coarseness. That's why those things exist. And in certain like in Canada, they they let it fly a little more, and, and that's their standard. And that's a uh, how if we should do that here. That's another debate for another time. All I'm saying is that's the only sort of type of restriction that exists. It's only because we don't want to offend any younger people who may be listening which is why the government prefers that we keep it 
on a somewhat cleanish level. And at 42, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've gotten all my shock stuff out of the way. But hate speech doesn't exist. Hate crimes, there's just speech. You can't legislate words out of existence because if it's, the, if it's these words today... Where does it end? What it, it'll end up, you know, what, a word that I've overused for for years. Cool, that's cool. What if one day someone just decides, man, we don't like who, my girlfriend and I? There are three words that are, that are perfectly clean, by the way. I'm just not going to share them on the radio just because I don't want to share them. But there are three perfectly clean, acceptable words in the English language that my girlfriend finds preposterous that I don't like. And if you've seen my stand-up act. There's not a lot I don't talk about. But when you get to know me as a human being, you will find just how prudish I truly can be because there are three words. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say two of them. And this is childish. It truly is. I don't like the word foot. I don't like it. <laughs> and I, I know that sounds preposterous. I just said it out loud across airwaves and people are... The word feet, I don't like because it... it we should have came up with different words. To me, it it, it conjures up images of. Just, I I don't. They they sound disgusting. The English language is good for some disgusting, just to the point, one syllable words, and those are two of them. The third one, which refers to a bodily fu- uh, function, I will reserve. But I don't use that one either, even in my stand-up act, just because I, those are three words I don't like but I'm not here to legislate them out of existence. I just, and, and I'll make fun of myself. I'm a little prudish about it. Those are words I don't use. Here's, here's more of this guy, and then we'll, oh, it's getting up on break time, so we'll play a little more of him. Oh, well, actually, we won't, because I've got one other, well, you know, during the we pandemic, will. DOJ's <laughs> civil rights work is critical to protecting the American dream. The American dream, doth it road, the American dream. Let me tell you something, Tony Schiavone. Me and all my Asian Pacific Islander friends. Were, did you like wrestling as a kid, young Sean? He doesn't know who I'm talking about. Duthie Rowe, the American dream. Son <laughs> of a plumber, let me tell you something. He had an insane list. But well, So, uh, these isolated incidents. of I mean, they're being reported on a lot. But for the most part, they are isolated incidents of Asian persecution. They're being committed by capital B's. Not all capital B's, just the, the, circ- the ones that are being reported on. Aside from a crazy white guy who targeted that massage parlor down in Atlanta, it seems to me that a handful of capital B's are the ones who have uh, problems with Asians. And even there, it's isolated. You know, um, But look at the mental gymnastics that the left has, has put into place to try to distract the whole conversation away from the real issue. And it's as obvious as this. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, and then we'll take a break. Folks, the big thing they're trying to distract you from, you know, white cops targeting black people. No, black people targeting Asians. Not all the time. I mean, folks, you got to remember, it's the mainstream media. They're making it up. Wrapping up the first hour here at the 
Richard Case and Radio Network, if you are anxious to join me, that is on the phone. Don't show up. I'm, I'm talking on the phone. 573-431-1000 is the telephone number. Very briefly, the Asian hate thing. It's a good story. Uh, okay, that's wrong choice of words. Not a good story. It's a hot story. Hey, just like that. That's the end of the first hour. But folks, Russian collusion, impeachment, COVID, the election was early stolen, capital riot. Now there's a new pandemic, Asian hate. No, it's just... You know, it's it's like a checklist they have. Okay, now let's let's address this. Honestly, it's just the food I have a problem with. The Asian people are fine. I just find their food a little spicy, a little too much for me. Can't handle it. All right, the Bidens. Speaking of speaking of Asian food, hey, the Biden family are compromised by Chinese spies, and I'll have more John Voight for you. Plus the supposed impartial juror in the Derek Chauvin trial. And I'll take a look at some quick hits in the news for the first time. I'm seeing them for the first time, just as like you're hearing about them. You'll hear my take on it on the Richard Kaysen Radio Network in about, oh, six minutes or so.